Once again, it's on. You already know what it is. It's your boy, Big Cliff. Welcome back to another episode of Carolina Sports Talk. Glad and excited to have you out here with us. As always, make sure you email the show, cliff at carolinasportstalk.net. You can also find us on Instagram at carolinasportstalk.net. Because you're here, we appreciate you. And of course, you know, you can find the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever your podcasts are found. Yo, I'm excited to be back with you guys one more time. You know what I'm talking about? So without further ado, we're going to jump straight into the show. I got to lead it off tonight, though, with hollering at one of my listeners. She was giving me some feedback when I was talking about um, your boy Tom Brady being the GOAT. And, and she told me that my GOAT sounds were not GOAT sounds. But in fact, they were sheep sounds. Now, I know what you're thinking. The GOAT and the sheep sound the same but apparently according to this particular listener they don't sound the same and i just could not let that sit in my spirit the right way so i had to begin my show off this week with proving her incorrect and or wrong so for that particular listener that's out there you know what i'm saying i'm not gonna call her out because you know i'm not gonna allow people out i'm gonna show the love when they show the love but at the same time you know I got to go ahead and get this right. So if you're looking and or wondering what a goat sounds like, this is what a goat sounds like. That right there, that's Tom Brady. That's a goat. (laughs) And a sheep. That's pretty much the same thing. So we, 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 we get it at this point that no matter what it sounds like, I don't even, and, and, and let me clarify this, because when I'm telling this man, giving this man the props, it's the same thing that I do with Coach K from Duke. I ain't, there is no way, shape, or form that I'm ever going to be a Duke fan, okay? Let's first and foremost get that understood. But I respect Coach K as probably one of the greatest living coaches, if not one of the greatest coaches of all time. The man knows basketball, so I give him that respect in that aspect. Along those same lines... I don't like Tom Brady. He has beat my Panthers in the Super Bowl or cheat us in the Super Bowl if it wasn't for that John Casey kick, giving them the ball on the 45-yard line. Who knows? We could have already had our first championship. But that's neither here nor there, so I'm not going to be bitter. I'm just going to recognize that Tom Grady is one of the greatest football. He's the greatest quarterback ever in the history of football. So whether you ban or ban, he's the GOAT, and we got to recognize him as such, so... Shout out one more time to Mr. Tom Brady for being the GOAT. Now, moving forward, but not too much forward. You know, Super Bowl's gone. We got umpteen weeks until football is back. It's cool what it is. But did y'all see the story about the the daughter of the the Lombardi Trophy's designer Wanting an apology from Tom Brady for tossing the trophy. I'm not going to call her Karen, but I'm going to say she's being real Karen-esque in this instance. She said, when watching Tom Brady throw the trophy from one boat to the other, it caused such traumatic stress that she was unable to sleep for two days. Y'all, I can't make it up. Yahoo Sports reported Lorraine Gross 
who claims her father, Greg Gross, was the master silversmith at Tiffany & Company from 1967 to 1994, crafted the first Lombardi trophy and blasted Tom Brady's trophy toss while speaking with a reporter down in southwest Florida. Not only was she big boy mad at Tom for even throwing the trophy, but she demanded that he give her an apology. Now, on top of all of this, y'all, she's not even a football fan. She's She, like, admitted to not even watching football year-round except for when it came to time for the Super Bowl. And it's like, really? You don't even watch football or care about football, but because in a celebration this dude tossed the trophy and that was disrespectful? Yeah, bro. I don't even know, like, <laughs> I don't know how she you know, finds that in her mind to feel like, you know, that that's okay. But nah, really, come on, you tripping, bro. So really, she just get a strike. So we're going to move forward from her on to our first email of the day. And I say first email of the day, but really it's the first email of the show. Congratulations, you know what I'm saying? But I'm going to read this and then I'm going to go ahead and address the topic that this gentleman wanted me to talk about today. So... I'm not going to give his email address, but he did want me to give him a shout-out. So shout-out to Mikey for being my first email of the show. He says, congrats on the show. Great show, and I look to see you doing a bunch of dope things. Now, with that out of the way, can you talk about how Steph Curry is the sleeper MVP of the NBA season? He's, what is it? He's carrying an otherwise empty team and deserves to be in the talks for MVP. Give me my shout-out too, bro. So again... Mikey, shout out to you, bro, for being my first email. Y'all can hit me up, Cliff, at carolinasportstalk.net. If there's something that you think I need to be talking about, let me know. And just like Mikey did, I'm going to talk about it. So it's right up the alley, even though Golden State, you know what I'm saying? Pause. I'm going to stop for a second. How many of y'all are Lakers fans that were, when the Lakers were terrible, were actually Golden State fans? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand right now. But we know who you are because we see him on Facebook. But anyway, moving forward, my dog Steph Curry has really been balling this year. Like, I'm not even going to lie. I hadn't been really paying him attention. Shout out to Davidson. So, you know what I'm saying? It falls right in line with our Carolina themes. He's a Carolina guy. He's actually a fan of the Carolina Panthers. Shout out Steph Curry. You know what I mean? Number 30. But, now nah, my dude has been balling. I mean, I, I wasn't really paying attention to him throughout the season. But, um, of course, I know he's been slinging the threes, but he really does have a legitimate argument to be MVP. If you look at his numbers, um, through the six games in February, Curry is averaging 37.8 points, 5.8 rebounds, and 5.3 assists. He is shooting 56.8% from the field. Of course, you know, with the three ball, he's just nasty like that. He is shooting 50.3% from behind the three-point arc and 94.6% from the free throw line. So essentially, my dog is out here balling. You know what I mean? He's just really, really putting in that that work. Now, we all know about the terrible accident that happened with Clay early in the season, really putting it in his second season trashed after having messed up his ankle in the finals in 2019, or um, was it his knee? But he, he got injured, essentially. And so I when I heard that Clay was going down, I just knew in that moment that there was no chance that the Warriors were going to have anything of a season. But they, they kind of surprised me, specifically the numbers that I've already talked about with uh, with Steph um, and even with James Wiseman really, really balling out there. And I know he's been down since January 30th, but even Draymond is out there balling. I see you, Michigan State. 
I see you talking the noise, trying to get your player empowerment. Uh, there's been, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, there's been some speculation with Draymond, uh, with Drummond, Andre Drummond getting set from the Cavaliers, along with uh, old boy from Detroit sitting down be in the midst of the team potentially trading them. And so he basically went to church last night talking about how it's unfair for so many players to be ostracized and villainized for demanding and requiring trades and in turning around and the teams saying, oh, well, because we're trades, you we're going to sit you down. And I, I've got my own personal feelings on it, but that's, you know, another topic for another day. But as far as on the basketball court, my dude is balling. So he's earning the right to be able to open his mouth and say, yeah, they're paying him. Yeah, they're they're doing their own thing or whatnot. But, I mean, the Warriors, they might mess around and be an eight or nine seed, primarily and heavily due to the play of one Mr. Steph Curry. So shout out to the Carolina kid, Davidson, as I mentioned. We see you out there doing your thing in Hollywood, baby. Continue to do big things, and we'll see. We'll, we'll see what you, what you can do if you can make make them some noise and get them boys into the playoffs. But again, Mikey, you are absolutely correct. He at least, and at the bare minimum, should be in the discussion more. Yeah, the team sucks. Their record isn't necessarily great, but at the end of the day, from where the expectations were when Clay first went down to now, I mean, hey, Clay uh, Steph definitely has them in the hunt. So shout out to him. Now, we're going to stick in the NBA and move on to our next topic where the other night I was watching my Los Angeles Lakers um, in a dogfight. We were down almost 20 points against the Grizzlies, and we ended up coming back and winning the game 115 to 105. But during that time, I had the privilege of seeing nothing short of an animal out there on that court. Mr. Ja Morant, Mr. Second Pick in the Draft, Mr. Carolina Kid himself. That little fella there is a baller. The other night in the game, uh, Morant scored 22 points and added 10 assists. Um, really, and that, I think that was his first 20-point performance since last year. So he, he, he had a little slump. We know he was injured for a while, but that, that <sighs> my guy is nice, man. So shout out to Ja Morant, man. I, I don't know if I'm gonna be catching a whole bunch of Grizzlies games, but he's he's entertaining TV. Just he reminds me so much of a mixture and a combination of that that, that and y'all can you know if you got something to say about it, email the show Cliff at CarolinaSportsTalk.net. But to me, he seems like a perfect mix between AI and Kobe, and I'm talking young Kobe. I'm talking drive to the lane and just disrespectfully dunk on dudes, Kobe. He's got the handles. He's got the quickness. He is lightning fast. He's got the basketball awareness to be able to make the right plays at the right time. So that dude there, man, the more he matures and, and, and the better his jumper starts to get because he doesn't shoot the three-pointers um, consistently. But if he mess around and, and get that shot, and, and, and even his defense, if he steps his defense up a little bit more, man, y'all going to have some real issues on your hands with Mr. John Morant. So shout out to my guy representing South Carolina. Um, we're going to turn slightly to the college game. Um, I'm not going to talk about my Tar Heels because we know it's a down season. Um, it is what it is. Some of the blue blood and uh, blue chip programs throughout college basketball have been experiencing some some real trouble throughout the season, whether it's Kentucky, whether it's been my Tar Heels, whether it's been Kansas even slipping up some. Um, UCLA is not where they typically are. So a lot of the blue blood programs are not performing well. But there is one program in particular that 
<laughs> Let's just say they're not doing as well as they anticipated. And I'm going to revel in that and in them because, hey, I'm a Tar Heel fan, so why wouldn't I? Shout out to all my Duke Blue Devil fans and the terrible season that you guys are having. Now, some may say 8-8, eight and eight, 500-type basketball. That's not so terrible. But when you have the tradition and the mouth-talking trash fans that they have, woo, they're probably real upset and missing them some Zion right now. But amid this putrid season, it seems like the dumpster fire is just getting hotter and hotter and worse and worse. Duke's freshman forward Jalen Johnson announced Monday night that he would be opting out for the remainder of the 2020-2021 season and would begin preparing for the upcoming NBA draft. The projected lottery pick reportedly cleared out his locker and left campus sometime Monday morning. His inexplicable decision, according to this particular post, to suddenly quit on his team midseason was refer- was first reported by Zag's blog, um, later confirmed by Duke men basketball. Um, this is something serious for Coach K, first of all, to have to endure that youth. Like, he for a long time was the type of coach that exclusively wanted four-year players. And so for him to transition from having those four-year players to then saying, oh, well, I'm going to do it with the one-and-done type players, with the Austin Rivers of the world and the Zion uh, Williamsons of the world, and I'm going to make this happen. And then to have all of those four- and five-star athletes that he's got this year and them to be playing 500 basketball, I mean, there's going to have to be something really drastic to happen down there in Duke. To, and, and for the Durham crazies or the Cameron crazies coming up next season for them to be re-energized. Now, I did notice that they've got already commitments from two uh, other five-star players, but they also had one that was considered a basic lock for them that the minute that Mr. Um, Johnson decommit or sat out for the rest, made the decision to sit out for the rest of the season, they lost a commit in that instance. So we will see how, how large this affects they're moving forward when it comes to commitments. Now, we know that the Tar Heels, you know, it's our second or third consecutive season where we ain't. So we're a little used to it at this time. But let's let's not forget, that baby blue is always going to be where it's at. You know what I'm saying? So there we go. And now, our last topic of the day that we're going to discuss is going to be the release of Mr. K-1 Short by the Carolina Panthers. So, um, KK, we appreciate you. But your time, sir, has finally come. You had a lot of good seasons with us, sir. And we appreciate everything you've done. But for the last two seasons, you have sat on this roster and collected a check. This season, sir, you and I share the same amount of tackles for loss. Zero. You and I both boast the same sacks on the season. And that's zero. So we have reached the end of the road. <laughs> but no, for real, bro. Like, it's it's sad to see KK go. He's he he's been a Panther through and through. Um, I appreciate all that he's done for the for the organization. But it's it's time to go. Um, as I mentioned, he missed most of the 2019 and 2020 seasons due to shoulder injuries. He's almost 32 years old, and the team will save a bunch of money on our salary cap by cutting him. Since the team did not designate him a post-June 1st release, 
They save $8.6 million this year with an $11 million dead money figure. Had they waited until after June 1st or designated them as the post-June 1st cut, it would have saved $13.28 million and just around $6.33 million in dead money. Uh, this year, we had a strong rotation in the defensive line up front. As you know, we spent all seven picks in, on the defensive side. So it, it really became a point where he was expendable, in, and that extra cap money may put us in position to be able to get my next topic. And, yeah, I know I said that this was going to be my last one, but we got to address this because, I mean, come on, why wouldn't we? There are articles and sources and rumors flying aplenty about what it would take for the Texans to release Deshaun Watson and trade him, not release, but trade him to the Carolina Panthers. There's a recent uh, article up uh, quoting Mr. Uh, David Newton of ESPN, who is the Panthers correspondent, that the Panthers would likely be willing to part with three first-rounders and Christian McCaffrey for one Mr. Deshaun Watson. Um, of course, there have been speculations back and forth about this. Um, it is time for them to let that man go free Deshaun. Hashtag free Deshaun, y'all. And, and he's got his Clemson ties, so he's fitting right in here with the Carolina sports talk theme and the family and everything. You know, he's from Georgia, but he a Carolina boy. He went to Clemson, you know what I'm saying? C-L-E-M-S-O-N. But neither here nor there. Three first-round picks and Christian McCaffrey, it seems pretty rich. But then there are those that say that that wouldn't be enough for the Texans and that they would also need to be need to throw in some combination of Christian McCaffrey, Jeremy Chin, Mr. Brown, our first uh, Derek Brown, our first round pick last year and or Mr. Brian Burns. Now, I understand trying to get as much as you can from him, but let's be realistic about this thing. Deshaun has a no trade clause in his contract. Wherever it is that he goes, if he decides to go to the Jets, if he decides to go to Miami, if he shocks the world and comes to Carolina to win us a Super Bowl, then we have to realize that wherever he goes, his job and his desire is going to be to win. He is realistically and holistically going to want to win a championship. He cannot go to a team that has traded their entire future and their present <laughs> and sometimes the past to be able to go and be just the focal point of nothingness. If he was interested in being the focal point of nothingness, he would be content with staying in Houston. But it is very clear that that is not his attempt nor his desire. So I don't see him going someplace to just be traded for the entire future and present of a team just to be that focal point. He's not going to do it. It wouldn't be wise. It wouldn't be smart. Uh, Carolina seems to me like it's going to be the best fit, not just because selfishly I want him to win us a Super Bowl, but realistically, New York is New York. Their culture is what it is, uh, and, and we know what that team is. Yes, Salah may have been a great hire for the head coach, but there's some stuff in the front office there that just is going to allow the Jets to be the Jets. And then the Miami Dolphins, also known as the fighting um, Tua Tungalovas, that, that, that doesn't seem like it's going to be a good place either. So with the defense that we've got, even if we give up Christian McCaffrey, we've seen what it can be, what our offense can be with just a serviceable back there with the weapons that we have on the outside. And there is no doubt in my mind that Deshaun Watson would not be able to strive and thrive in the Carolina Panthers offense with Mr. Nasty Joe himself. Joe Brady is a bad man. He's a bad man, y'all. And so we would love to see what Deshaun could come here. But hit me up, Cliff, at carolinasportstalk.net. 
Tell me what you think. Should Deshaun Watson come to Carolina? If not, where do you think he should go? And we'll get your feedback on the next show. It's been my privilege to be with you once again. And as always, hit us up wherever your podcasts are available. You can check me on IG, Carolina Sports Talk, or email the show Cliff at carolinasportstalk.net. Until the next time, y'all keep on doing what you're doing. And it's your boy, Big Cliff. Have a good one, family. (laughs) 